Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr and this is the Black Ink Podcast. I'd like to welcome you to the 64th episode. Now, I was going to read out a whole bunch of my old Facebook status updates, which back in the day was something that everyone would do. You just put up a status update or every now and then you would put up a photo or you might share something that someone else has done. And that was kind of the limit of Facebook, you know, like now I feel like Facebook is everything but the status. It's everything but the shit that you upload. It's kind of like the only thing that's left in your media on your Facebook is essentially your profile picture or your cover photo. But everything else is like, I mean, who the fuck uploads albums of shit that's going on anymore? That used to be all the fucking rage with Facebook. You used to be able to go out, take a hundred photos and upload 80 of them. And there would be people who would go through and look at every single fucking photo. And nowadays, if you uploaded more than four photos, people like, honestly, if you upload four photos, people are looking at like one of them, you know? And I thought what I'll do is because I've got two Facebook accounts. If you don't know, they're both just my name because I'm not some dude. How the fuck are people when they have like an alias as their, as their Facebook name? Like, bro, do you think you're Neo off the Matrix? Do you think that people don't know who you are or are you doing it so that people can't find you on Facebook? So you want to have a profile online that you put shit up on and then you don't want to be found on that profile online. Hey, let's break this down real quick. If you don't want to be found online, but have a profile online, but put pictures up of yourself, then you are contradicting yourself. So if you have an alias profile that has some sort of, or you know how people put like, you know, they might have an S in their name. So instead of putting the S, they put the dollar signs. Anybody searching for it can't find them, you know? So if you're like that sort of person, but still post photos of yourself, you dickhead, okay? You dickhead, that's fine. But if you're someone who like, your name is like the fucking Nighthawk or something, and then you've just exclusively put up pictures of all different people, or you just post memes or something, then that makes sense. But if you have a profile that is your profile that doesn't have your name on it, you are not outsmarting the system, you're a grade A fuckhead, okay? You're welcome. Getting back to it. It's just so weird. So many people do that. Like, what, like, you want your friends to find you, but you don't want the people who you don't want to find you. But the thing is, there's more people who want to be your friend looking for you than there are people who are, you know, you don't want to find you that are looking for you. And also, like, does everybody fucking realize that they're not that important? Like, do, like you, the audience, do you realize that, like, I as well thought that I wasn't interesting enough to talk about anything on camera for long enough that people would pay attention? Now I'm on episode 64. Okay, I'm not saying that everyone listens to me. I'm not saying heaps of people even listen to me, but I'm saying enough people listen to me to validate this whole thing, right? People get so like, oh, no, I don't want to show people what's going on in my life. Do you know what people think about you? Absolutely fucking nothing. People who post stories and and fucking um, pictures and shit that have an inside meaning with themselves. Hey, bro, you're better off posting that as your wallpaper on your phone because no one cares. Okay, no one cares. And like, I, dude, this is the thing. I'm not any better than anyone. I did this shit yesterday. I posted a story on my fucking business account on Black Ink. So if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw this and you thought like, oh, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Because that's what the result is from what I'm talking about. What I did was I was doing my hill runs and my stair runs and my hill runs again. And I got to the top of the hill for the third time on the first set that I was doing. I was doing three of the Churchill, three of the stairs, and then three of the Bunbury High Hill. And what happened was I got to the top 
of the Churchill for the third time. So, so far I'm in my third rep of my first set. And of course, that's the end of that set. So I've taken a photo on the way down. It's a wide angle photo. It's got the church in it. It overlooks Bunbury. There's, it's nice weather. The sun's coming up. It's a beautiful picture. And I put, the, I put a caption on it, powerful, 3-3-3. Now, there is not a single way in hell that any one of my followers could have known what the fuck I was talking about. That was purely for me. That was purely to create some mystery around what I'm doing. It's like I have this internal dialogue that says, if I say, oh, powerful, and then 3-3-3, people are going to go like, oh, I wonder what Jake's doing. Oh, Jake's so cool. Jake's so important. Oh, Jake knows the number three, you know? And dude, you know that I'm correct because you've had this internal dialogue with yourself. I'm not having this 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 text in my head appear because I'm some sort of genius or I'm someone you know that that has a fucking egotistical narcissistic side of themselves that nobody has. This is a human trait that's coming out of me, and the way that I know this is because I see it happening all the time on social media. People post something, you're just like, oh, this makes fucking no sense, and they've got 350 followers, so I'm pretty sure that the other 300 and fucking 49 of them have no idea what's going on. So hey, guess what? Whatever your name is. No one cares. You dickhead. All good. So it makes me wonder, you know, when I look, when and through the whole process of this, of course, you know, I wanted to post statuses of of things that I had said when I was <clears throat> younger, and I could kind of laugh about them and joke about them and break them down. The two things that I learned is right. The two things that I learned is that I posted heaps on Facebook. And I've always, in my mind, been a conservative poster on Facebook and Instagram. For some reason, I thought way back in the day, actually, there is one thing. Way back in the day, I remember thinking to myself, like, when I post this, it doesn't have a time restriction. Like, it's not like I post it and then in 30 days it disappears or in a year's time it disappears. And I just assume that, like, forever on the internet is a pretty negative thing. It's kind of like, you know, if you draw a picture in the sand, that picture lasts as long as the sand lasts. If someone comes along and kicks the sand or if there's rain or if there's wind or if an animal comes along or if a car drives over the top of it, then it's gone forever. But what you put on the internet is literally concrete that is unbreakable, right? So I always thought to myself, like, don't put too much on there. And of course, there was always, this is the thing, like we've come so far with social media, we've come so far with everything. I feel like life is so jammed, packed with so many different things now that it's really hard to kind of like, firstly, ascertain where we are and where we're headed, but also where we've come from. Because the thing about this this way of living, this tech life that we're all so far embodied in is that it's actually come from a really simple place and it's gone somewhere that's so complex and so nuanced to the user experience that we are kind of like, I would say that we're actually underwater and we can't even open our eyes anymore. We're just so immersed in this that we just are becoming it. And it's, I mean, it's actually quite that, that whole um, kind of anal- analogy speaks to the nature of humanity. Because I feel like even the simple fact that like the majority of humanity is so deep in the debt-fueled rat race that people don't even realize that they're allowed to not be in it. They don't realize that not having a nine-to-five job and only earning 90% of the money you need to live and buying shit that you don't need to impress others is a choice and it's not something that's determined from you the day that you're born, right? And when I consider how I was posting when I was like 16 and when I was 20 and when I was 23, the thing that I noticed the most is like, 
I remember in my mind, like, oh, don't post too much because you don't want to be someone who clogs up the feed because that was back in the day when the feed was just consecutive. You know, if somebody posted something at three o'clock and then someone posted something at four o'clock and then someone posted something at five o'clock, the feed for everyone else was essentially that in reverse. So if you had just posted something at five o'clock and you, you knew everyone was going to be online at 10 minutes past five, that was the best time to post because it meant that everyone was going to see it. But the downside of that was if you posted something at eight o'clock, in the morning, 12 o'clock midday, one o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, six o'clock in the evening, then people who were on Facebook all the time were just like, this can't just post all the time. So in my mind, I was like, well, I want to post conservatively and I don't want to post anything that's too fucking wild that might, you know, stop me from getting the job that I want. That was always everyone's excuse. You know, I don't want someone to be able to just look me up on Facebook and find out that I'm doing such and such. It's like, bro, like, yeah, of course, you know? So I was always of the mindset like, okay, let's not let's not go crazy. Let's not post anything that's too wild that, you know, not necessarily stop you from getting the job that you want to get. This is the thing. This is what the whole fucking point of all this is actually about. It's all about what I thought I wanted to do when I was older, right? That's what I realized what, what this fucking Facebook is. While I was going through the process doing this, that's what it was all about. I need to write that down so I don't forget. It's what I wanted to do when I was older. I don't have a fucking piece of paper. Can you write it down for me just in case I forget? I'm going to forget. It's so stupid how this works. It's all good. But I would post in a way that obviously when you post, and this is a thing, like I've talked about this before. I feel like the relationship someone has with what they're posting is super personal, person to person. Some people post with the intent of other people seeing it. Some people post with the intent of them looking at it later on. And some people just post because they're like, it's like old people. I don't know how old people figure out what they're going to post. You go on some old people's Instagram pages and it's just like fucking just anything do. They just like post pictures of plants and their pets and their food and their kids. And they don't put any captions on it. They never tag anyone. They've never got over a hundred followers. And it's just like, Dude, I get you're like in it, but you are so not in it that I don't understand what you're getting out of it. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you just go onto Instagram to post something so you can like maybe say later on in a conversation like, oh yeah, I, I, I'm on Instagram. Yeah, I post stuff all the time. Yeah, I get likes here and there. It's pretty, it's like, yeah, dude, you literally have 17 likes combined on your entire Instagram. So don't say that you get likes. All good, but you, you, you're not on Instagram, you know? So the thing that I used to find is and like the, when I was young, this is the thing about being young, the older that you get, the further out of it you are. But when you're young, you're so deep in it that you don't realize that you're kind of, I don't know, there's something about being young, actually probably not young. There's something about being in your teenage years that is super formative. And there's something about coming into your 20s where you were just super you. And then I think as you progress through your 20s, you're going through this process of refining who you are to the most like kind of genuine, organic, or even like the most like prescribed version of yourself. And I mean that as in like, sometimes you can see who you are as this particular person, but you are aspiring to be this particular other type of person. Then you can spend these formative years directing yourself towards that thing that you want to become, whether it's a good or bad outcome, you know? So when I was posting these things, I found that when I was super young, the thing that I really, hey, if you're going to keep moving, you've got to get off. Thank you. But I found when I was super young, I would post these things that 
I would get super passionate about. And I always felt like when I was younger, I had these massive topics that I would think about and I would talk about with my friends. I would discuss them with the people who would be at my house all the time. And I would be kind of honing in on these ideas and trying to understand what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, when I say topic heads, I'll give you an example. How you do anything is how you do everything. I remember thinking and talking about that at nauseam for over a year. It was something that I was always trying to just figure out. You know what I mean? And like one, one status that I came across just now in my, uh, in my statuses when I was younger, I forget the exact wording, but basically it was saying that like, actually, I, d- I don't even really know what it was saying. It was just the fact that I was just trying to go deep. I was just trying to figure something out and I was, kind of, I was just throwing it, throwing it out there to see what kind of response it was, get, what it would get. And it was along the lines of like, you know, nothing is determined until we attach meaning to it. And even when we attach meaning to it, it's still not determined, right? So it's like, we, like nothing is real and no ideas or anything, nothing exists until we have an idea, we imagine it, we create it. It starts to form some sort of like, at, at the start, sometimes it's just a vision, a vision, or sometimes it's more of a physical thing that you then build on. And you start to understand what that is the more that it happens. But even once it's complete, it is still nothing without that agreed kind of idea of what it is, right? So even once you build society, even once it's all running and everyone's in it and everyone's enjoying it and all the rest, the moment that everyone decides to consecutively go go like, well, this isn't my society, that society falls apart, okay? And that's the thing that something, and okay, let's, now let's talk about another status that I posted when I was heaps younger, heaps younger, like I would have been fucking... Well, it says eight years ago, which may, nah, see, it must have been like 13 years ago. So 13, I'm roughly like 18 years old, 17 years old. And I was doing fucking, are you okay? What's going on? You're all good. And I was at the skate park and I had these aggressive skates. And like, I remember, I remember it clearly. I got these aggressive skates thinking I was going to live at the skate park and do all the rest. Shit, if I had done that, would have been a really good skater by now, as in aggressive skater. Anyway. I got these skates and I don't even remember who took the photo, but I remember I got this photo taken of me off a fucking, off a little ramp at the skate park. And from memory, it wasn't even that spectacular, but it was, however this photo was taken, it was taken at just the right time that it made me look real fucking cool. Do you want to go outside, puppy? If you go outside, you got to stay outside. Excuse me for one moment. Come on. Come on. Can we go outside? So there's this photo of me at the skate park and I just, I've just posted it on my fucking Instagram. So if you follow me, you know the photo that I'm talking about. And I, I wasn't actually doing something cool. I just had a really cool angle of it being captured, right? And then I posted that photo on Facebook and I said, um, this is my seventh time at the skate park. Do you guys think I'm doing all good? Right? So the first time I posted when I was really young, this like dorky picture of me on skates. And of course, back then, this is when rollerblading was super gay. Like it had no fucking, it had no steez about it. It was something that literally like you'd be on rollerblades, people like, look at this fucking loser sort of thing, you know? So I posted it with the idea that I was saying like, I kind of wanted that validation from people. I was making myself vulnerable to whatever anyone said. And I can't imagine if someone posted anything negative on that, how I would have responded to that. I mean, luckily it just had seven people liking it. My mum saying like, yeah, good job. So I fucking moved on and was super proud of myself. But the reality was when I break down how I was looking at this whole thing, I was going like, here is something that I think is super cool that I'm involved with. 
What do you think about it? Tell me what you think about it. And essentially that's where social media has kind of ended up, but we're so much more subtle in the way that we ask these questions of people, right? Because then when I think about, when I posted that that bullshit deep thing about saying like, you know, nothing is real until you give it meaning and even when you give it meaning, it's really not that real. I feel like then I was just being me. Like I really didn't care what you posted. I wasn't posting that to get your opinion on it. I wasn't getting, I wasn't posting that to get your opinion of me and the fact that I came up with that or whatever it was, I was just posting that because it was significant enough to me at the time that I was looking at Facebook like a register of thoughts. I was looking at it as something that I'd be able to look back later on to see who the person that I was growing up. And ideally, that's how I use my Instagram. My personal Instagram is I don't delete all of the posts that were on there. I archive them. And then when I'm like, sometimes I go like, you know, you know, you forget because you party too much. You got too much shit going on. You're like, what the fuck was I doing three years ago? What the fuck was I doing five years ago? What was I doing when I was 19? You go back to your Instagram and it's all there. It's like a photo album of things that, you know, you can go like, oh, fuck, I remember this. I remember why I posted this. Or, or like, this was significant because, you know. And the thing about that status that I put on Facebook, it really spoke to the fact that I didn't give a fuck about what people thought. Because it was, it didn't really make sense. It was one of those things you had to read two or three times. And the thing is, I know as someone who is a spectator of my own things and other people's things, unless this shit has titties at the beginning of it, you're really going to struggle to hold anyone's attention. Okay? And that's that's not being brash. That's not being crazy. That's just how the human mind has been tailored now. How it's been groomed to only respond to things that are hugely entertaining in the first second and hold your attention for every second after that. Right? So now I consider, well, who am I now? Who am I compared to the person who, when first got given social media, was like, hey, what do you think of me? Tell me your opinion. Here's my best possible angle and all the rest. And then I went to a point where I'm like, I don't fucking care what you think. This is my Facebook page. Go up the top. It says Jake Kerr. Everything underneath. You can see me in the photos and all the rest. This is what I say. And if you don't like it, fucking sayonara, dude. And now I'm at a point where this whole social media thing is purely a marketing tool. I purely see it as as like, in my mind, I can't, I can't believe it. Because it's like, okay, so you're telling me that not only the people who I spend all my time with, my best friends, my friends, my mates, my acquaintances, the people who I met once at Fitzgerald's, the people who I've worked with, the fucking partners of people who I've worked with, uh, people that live next door to me, people who are in my general area, people who I met in Perth once, people who I met while I was traveling in Colombia, people who, all of these people, you have a connection to them. And if you've got, say I'm selling this fan, I can just put a post up saying, hey guys, check out my fan, 10 bucks. Anyone who wants it right here. I'll tell you what, there's even a link down the bottom. And if you really want it, just go to the link and everything's there. You can pay for it, organize your shipping. You don't even have to talk to me directly. You just talk to a website and then boom, six days later, this is in your mailbox, right? When you think about it like that as a marketing tool, it's kind of insane that everyone doesn't figure out what they can fucking sell and find a way of marketing it to all the people that they've already got on their list. And if you watch yesterday's podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about with that list and lists in general, right? The thing that I also learned when I went back through my Facebook posts is uh, I was very, um, I think I think more, it's to, it doesn't speak as much about how I was feeling about what, like what, it, it does, I, sorry, I fucking said a whole heap of words that aren't English, but it says less about what I was trying to purvey on Facebook 
and probably speaks more to me personally about how I was feeling when I was posting these, posting these things. And it's funny, you know, I was speaking to a mate the other day and we we're talking about his missus. I said, you know, your missus is the sort of person that just seems to have shit figured out. You know, she just she's one of those people that when she speaks, she speaks with execution, she speaks with confidence. When she says what she says, she says what she's saying and she shuts up. And I like that. I appreciate about it. He goes, dude, furthest from the truth. She doesn't have things sorted out, you know, not picking on her at all, but that's not the person she is. That's how you perceive her. And when I think about me and who I was posting these things, especially when I was really young, so forget about the thing about the, you know, giving meaning and all the rest, that that sort of posting when I was starting to have these big ideas and I was being excited about who I was, I was being excited about being alive. I didn't realize that at the time, but that's essentially what was happening is I was getting this lust for learning about life and learning about who I was and learning about how I gel into everything and everyone else and how I can be better and how I can be worse and experimenting with who I am. This is a thing. This is a thing that drugs allow you to do is they allow you to experiment with who you are. They allow you to go into other fucking areas of thought and knowledge and, and question without any sort of emotional or kind of, um, what's a word? There's no like emotional uh, uh, kickback, if that makes sense. It's like you can allow yourself to go into these areas and have no real connection to them, but just be there and experiment and play with them. You know, like you can figure out, you're like, am I actually someone who's quite evil inside of me? And you can play the evil villain and you can, I know it's hard to see how this, this all ties into drugs, but just stick with me. So you can, you can play the evil villain or maybe you can be someone who's way over the top and loving and someone who just always super empathetic and listens to everything and all the rest. And then you can figure out like, okay, what, who am I when I just stop trying to be absolutely anything at all? What's the most natural thing that comes out of me? When do I feel good? When do I feel bad? And what are the actions that led up to me doing that? Right? But again, topic for a whole other podcast. The thing that I found with these posts when I assess them as an adult, because I, I guess I'm pretty much an adult now. I turn 29 next week on Wednesday. Don't forget to send me birthday messages. It's all good. I post the wrong date on Facebook to see who my real friends are. So when you message me on the 1st of November, I can cross you off my Christmas card list. Hey, I've only got four Christmas cards to send out this year, but... You know, if you're going to listen to everything that Facebook tells you, you're going to be let down, right? That's why we have this whole fucking thing that's happening in the world. It's because of misinformation and because people want to be secured in their echo chamber and only believe the thing that comes up on the screen in front of them. You know, hey, all good, you know, just do your own research. But I found that when I was posting these things, I felt as if everyone else was figured out and I wasn't. You know, and that's certainly not the information that you're given from older people or adults as you go through life. You're kind of told that, you know, it's all good. You don't have to have things sorted out. Everyone around you is as confused as you are and you're quite confused. And obviously you're going through puberty and you're going through all these weird times. You're having a lot of first experiences when you're this age and so on, you know, in those kind of formative teenage years. But the problem is when you're a kid, right, when you're a kid, your point of comparison is to the rest of your life. So right now, as we speak, I have almost 29 years experience living as a human male being. Okay. So now I look back at when I was 18, I'm like, oh, bro, bro, you're an idiot. You didn't know what was going on. That's fine. It's all good. You're actually allowed. To, you're not allowed to, but you're meant to be making fuck ups right now. That's the whole point. Don't try and go through all this without breaking any rules. Don't try and be the best at fucking this one particular thing just yet. Be really good at it, sure. Like, let yourself be consumed by it, but don't let yourself be so concerned about being the best at it that you don't make any fuck-ups because 
you are only dealing with 18 years of experience. Now I'm getting closer to double that amount of experience in my life and I can tell you, the more you learn about this thing, the more you realize you know absolutely fucking nothing about it. Okay, So when I think about those formative years as a teenager, when I was like 13, 14, 15, whatever it was, I was obviously going with the 13 years of experience that I had, and I was looking at other people my age, other girls, other boys, and I'd be thinking, how have you got this all figured out? How are you so confident? How are you that guy? Or how are you that girl? And... It's funny because it bleeds out. Well, you know, you know, with yourself, with your own post, because you look at them and you get transformed back to that that moment when you press post or when you you know press upload or whatever it was, and you can remember whether you're doing it out of confidence, whether you're doing it out of fear, whether you're doing it out of trying to fit in or whatever it might be. And the thing that sh- kind of rattles me the most is that back then I did everything purely out of confusion. I just had no idea. I was literally throwing shit at the wall and just seeing whatever stuck. And the fucking crazy part is, is nothing stuck until about January this year. Nothing really made sense about what I was trying to say or where I was going or, you know, trying to piece everything as a bigger picture until this year. And even this year, now that I've got some sort of direction, I still don't really know what I'm doing. Okay. And the way that I meant this all ties into what I wanted to be when I was a kid or what I wanted to be when I was younger and what I'm doing now is... The thing that I would pay attention to, and like it, sometimes it's hard to hear this voice. You know, sometimes you ask people like, hey, what do you like doing or what are your hobbies? And they're just like, fuck, man, like, um, fuck. On Sunday mornings, I go out for coffee. Uh, um, I, 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 I used to play squash. I used to play squash with my uncle uh, a couple of years ago. We did that for about six months and I've got nothing, right? I've got nothing at all because they don't have that, ticker in their mind that when they're having an extreme amount of fun, when they're happy, when they're joyous, they don't go, hey, whoa, 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 did you notice that this is different? Did you notice that this is better than the majority of your life? Did you notice that this moment right now is doing everything but making your dick hard, so it must be a really good thing? And then we can start to reverse engineer what that is, and we can see exactly what sort of person you are based off the thing that makes you happy. And from there, you can do all sorts of magical things. You can go and get a hobby. You can go and get a different job. You can go and find a different partner. You can start living the life that you want to live so that you can have this moment more often. All right? Most people don't do that. That's fine. But the thing that I would do when I was on social media as a kid or, you know, as a teenager is I would constantly be finding like I'd be refining that thing that makes me happy or that makes me laugh a little more every time. And I was paying attention to the people who were doing the things that I really like doing. For example, I remember before podcasts were a thing, having a conversation with my mom, I said, I don't want to listen to music in my ears when I do skating. I would rather listen to a good conversation so that my mind can be on the conversation and my body can go through the motions of speed skating, right? So this is when I would have to do like a 42K marathon. I had a 10K I had to do for training or whatever. I never wanted to listen to music. I just wanted to listen to conversation. And sure enough, three, four years, five five years later, I'm listening to Joe Rogan have three-hour conversations with people that I've never heard of before. That literally snowballed into having a whole fucking community of people that I love listening to. I check my podcast every morning to see what's new and what's out. I listen to them as soon as they're released. And as you know, created my own podcast. How fucking crazy. How crazy. 
So I've gone from posting those clips, those little fucking two minute clips and shit when I was in my early 20s of Rogan and all the rest. And now every morning I make two minute clips, one minute clips, 45 second clips of my own podcast to post on the internet to continue this thing. So interesting. So interesting. And I feel like, I feel like sometimes... Worst thing, I had a coffee right before I did this, so my mouth tastes, you know, like pure shit. Sometimes I feel like, I don't know, I don't know. It's funny though, the whole posting, the whole posting on Facebook as a kid, like I remember there were particular instances where people would fucking, I remember seeing some shit that people posted and just being like, I can't believe you're posting this. I remember there was this one picture that these two go- I, I fuck me and I, I mean they're too close to the to, to my circle to eat. I'm, and also okay sorry most amount of dead air on this podcast to me just gone you know but there is so many things that are coming back to clap back from this podcast it's unbelievable it is fucking unbelievable sometimes I say shit on here and then I'll have two or three people reach out to me asking me if that was about them and it wasn't any of them like it honestly wasn't fucking any of them i was about to tell this story that if i get too fucking into the nitty-gritty of it literally the person who it involves will end up finding out and they'll end up messaging me so i'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of it but i just remember i'm just going to say these girls posted this photo and within this photo there was this one element of it that was just like oh my god (laughs) like holy fuck and i remember as soon as i saw it i was like bro you should save this photo not because like you need to have it saved, but because I feel like as soon as they realize how hectic this is, this photo is going to disappear. And no shit. As I thought that, the screen refreshed and the photo disappeared. It was fucking wild. <laughs> I remember... And man, it's not like I haven't posted fucking wild shit on the internet too. I mean, like anyone who knows me a little bit nose of the shit that I used to post on one of my Instagram accounts last year and the year before that fucking crazy. It's crazy. It's so crazy to think that like, and this is the thing, like I, I remember when I first started doing that, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about my Instagram page, Tucker. If you haven't already seen it, it's at T U C C C K E R. I'm giving you a parental fucking warning right now. If you're under the age of 18, don't go there. You're going to see bulges. You're going to see curves. You're going to see long hair and a big, anyway, I fucking remember people saying to me like, oh, aren't, aren't you scared? This is going to hold you back from doing what you want to do in the future. Which, let, let me just fucking pause that real quick, okay? Because there is something that I did that actually stopped me from doing what I wanted to do in the future. And I didn't think there was anything, but it's become really fucking relevant lately, okay? So when I had my coffee van, I remember, dude, this is a fucking in the vault story. Now the dog wants to come in. Okay, it's timestamp. I'm going to be back. Bye-bye! So when I used to own the coffee van, I had this young bloke, Connor Lambert, who would come and help me out on Friday afternoon, uh, Friday mornings, and we'd hang out for like a little bit of Friday afternoon. And dude, it was fucking awesome. Me and Connor got along like a house on fire. We still do. I fucking hate his old man, but that is what it is. So he used to come. I, you know what? You know what? 
If you are listening to this dude, I don't hate you. We just stopped talking because we didn't have the conversation. This reflects everything that I spoke about in my podcast yesterday. You're a fucking mentor, bro. You were, you were better than what that ended out to be. It's fucking disgusting what that was because one conversation would have changed all of that and you're fucking 30 years older than me, so you should have been the one instigating it. Simple as that. And now we've gone too far. Now we've gone too far. We can't have that conversation. So just fucking that it is what it is, okay? <laughs> Fuck. Chill out, bro. So anyway, Connor was on the van with me one day. And I remember, you know, if you know me well at all, I frequent the Salvation Army and the Good Sammies and any kind of op shops. I love them, right? So Connor and I went to the Salvos one day. We're in there and there's this lady and she's working at the Salvos. (laughs) And I remember looking at her and she's putting all the shit on the shelves. And you know those women that have an obnoxious amount of like bangles and bracelets and shit on? And they're all just, every time they do something, they're making sounds and it's like... Bitch, do you not hear all the sounds that you're making? Do you not hear all the clink, 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 clink? Isn't that just constantly annoying you? No? Okay, cool. Well, I guess I'll just deal with it. I'll deal with it for you. Anyway, so she's got on all the gold jewelry and the fucking rings and the necklace. She probably had some gold teeth back there that I couldn't see. Anyway, we get to the counter and I'm buying something fruity as I always do. And she's like, oh, like, you know, nice shirt. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah what are you doing here? Like, it just seems like you're not the sort of person that would be um, volunteering at the Salvos. And this is years ago. This is before it was fucking fashionable for people to be doing it on their day off and heaps of young people did it. It was just, you know, it was a fucking combination of of like, you know, people with disabilities and super fucking nice, genuine people working at the Salvos. And I'm not saying that this lovely lady wasn't one of those two people. I'm saying that she just didn't fit the common demographic of person who would uh, you know, what's the word, give their time at the Salvation Army because you don't get paid for it. It's all volunteer work. And she goes, well, to be honest, love, I've made all the money that I need to make. I'm just I'm just having fun. I'm just talking to people. I'm just doing this, rah, rah, rah. And I said, oh, that's cool. What did you do? She goes, oh, well, I worked on yachts. I'm like, oh, what's a yacht? You know, with the big sail. She's like, no, 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 super yachts. Now, if you don't know what super yachts are, just, just Google it. They're fucking huge. They're like literally any house or hotel that you've been in, imagine the finest decor and interior you can imagine. Now double the value and quality of all of that and put it inside a massive boat. And then think about no expense spared. Now think about there's a live-in crew of like five to 15 people that live in there and all they do, their whole fucking job is just looking after the boat and looking after the people on the boat. Typically, someone who's fairly wealthy owns this boat and it's just yacht, sorry, and it's just theirs. So the people who who, who man that yacht every day of the year, they are there just to service that one person, their guests, and the yacht itself. So these people understand, you know, the ins and outs, mechanics, and engineering of a yacht. You know, obviously you've got someone who who operates the yacht. You've got people on the crew. You've got people in the interior and in the cabin. And like, they all have matching uniforms. It's just luxury, luxury, rich, wealthy, blah, blah, blah. So I remember when I found out, I was like, oh, it's like, what did you do? She's like, oh, you know, you travel the world, you spend most of your time in the Mediterranean and you're around Europe and some parts of Asia and America. And pretty much all you do is like, you'll spend two thirds of the year cleaning this yacht, living on it, traveling, going places. Then you spend about a year of the, a third of the year having the guests on board and, and servicing their needs, whether it be cooking and cleaning and all the rest. 
And I was like, oh, okay. And she goes, yeah. And like, I mean, there's some crazy benefits to it. You know, like sometimes uh, when they leave, they'll give all, all the crew a tip and the tip can be like, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. So divided between years, it can be two or three grand each. I know as I'm saying this, there'll be people right now that don't believe that this is a real job. This is a real job that still happens now. This is something that you can do right fucking now. You can like just stop doing what you're doing, whatever bullshit you don't like doing. You can go do some research about this. You can go do a fucking a course over, over east. You can probably do ones here in Perth now and then you can just travel to the other side of the world and get a job doing this and just be making hectic skrilla and be working in places that you didn't think existed on a boat that you're never ever going to be on unless you work on it do you understand like this still exists now so she's telling me about this and of course like while i'm looking at all the fucking bingle bangle jewelry rocking everywhere i'm like okay so this chick's wearing at least 30 40 worth of jewelry okay at least so I continue to listen to her. She's like, look, this is how it, this is how it happens. You go down to the fucking, she told me which, um, oh, what's it called? She told me what's, uh, it's like a pub in Fremantle. She's like, you go down there and you go there on this date, this date or this date, right? You wait and there's going to be a whole bunch of crew in there and pretty much just start asking questions, ask as many people as you can. You get yourself to a point where you know the right person and you can get yourself on a crew. She goes, that's a hard way of doing it. Or you can go get a course and you can end up doing that way. I mean, this was all just a fucking 10 minute conversation at an empty Salvo store on a fucking Friday afternoon after we finished the coffee van. That was the point that I was making. We finished the coffee van in the morning. We'd done all that shit. We'd gone and picking up the milk. Before we picked up the milk to do the, the restock, we'd gone to the Salvos, found a fruity shirt. I'm having a conversation. Here's where we are. And I'm, I'm like, if I can, this job doesn't exist. You know, it doesn't exist. You know, she then she goes on to tell me like, oh, you know, one of the, one of the fucking guests lost his phone. Right, so we're searching the yacht up and down, back and forth, top and bottom, all the rest, and I end up finding his phone in his robe pocket, which was hanging in an area that no one was looking. So I found his and I gave it back to him, and he gave me a five thousand dollar tip for finding his phone because he said it would have cost him more in assets had he lost the phone and had to replace it. So I'm thinking to myself, like this job doesn't fucking exist. You know what I mean? Whatever. I'm gonna shut up. You know. And also, even if I wanted to do it, I was balls deep in my coffee business with a million dollars in debt. Not a million dollars. It was only like fucking, I think it was like 70 something thousand dollars, which may as well be a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, holy fuck, I'm never going to get out of this selling coffee five dollars at a time. Anyway, not the point. So I've gone home, forgot about it. And then about a year later, I remember something has come up to do with super yachts and I found myself Googling it. And I was like, oh, oh, this is what that lady did with all the gold on, who said that, you know, you could find someone in Fremantle that could help you get into the industry and go from there. So I start doing research. I watch all the videos on YouTube there is to do with it, all of them. Like, and that was back in the day where you could watch all of the videos in one particular category on YouTube because there wasn't like 17,000 videos being uploaded every single minute of existence, right? So I literally had watched all the videos. I, I had and still have the notebooks where I hand wrote all of the ins and outs of these jobs, what I wanted to do, what the best way to do it was, how much it was all gonna cost, the minimum amount of money, I was talking to my mum and dad, like obviously at that point, my, I think my mum lived over East already, so I was talking to my mum every day about it on the phone, I was talking to my dad about it, it was becoming so real, everything was everything was happening, right? I still had to get rid of my coffee van and all the rest. Anyway, so I forget how it ended up, but I was on the East Coast, right? I might have even been visiting my mum, no, I think I was in Sydney for some reason because that's where the actual courses are and everything lined up. So that I was going to be in Sydney. I ended up uh, hiring a fucking, uh, what are they called? The vans? The fucking, 
they're like a Mitsubishi Express van. You're sitting at home right now yelling at the TV screen saying, they're this, they're this, you know, the, the fucking something van. Oh my God, what the fuck is it? We actually didn't end up going, it's like a hippie van, but it's like a, dude, I don't even think they exist anymore. I haven't seen them in a hot minute, but it's like when you used to be able to just hire a van, they'll spray painted all over the sides. They're fucking cool. So we had one of those vans. We drove from Melbourne all the way up to Sydney. It was fucking epic. And when we got to Sydney, I remember one of the things that I wanted to do once I got there was go to this place that actually taught the course for super yacht crew de- for for deckhands so that I could at least figure out what the, you know, I wasn't going to do it there and then, but the idea was I might go home and then come back to Sydney for two weeks just to do exactly that. And they go through all things like learning how to tie knots, how to maintain the, the yacht, how to um, operate tenders, how to speak on the two-way, how, you know, proper water safety and all the rest. And I was super excited about it. And I got there, I sat down, um, I was speaking to the lady, we we're going through all the things I saying, look, I've done all the research, you know, pretty much just telling, telling you, tell, telling them what I've just told you right now. And she goes, yeah, yep, yeah, goes through all the things. Then at the conversation, she goes, look, you can, we, we will take you on, okay? We'll 100% do the course. We'll, we'll take your money, we'll do all the rest. We'll tell you where to go. Um, and one of the, I forget exactly what the terminology is for this particular thing, but once you've done your course, when you've got no experience, literally what you do, you go to these places where they house super yachts, where they, where they um, you know, tie them up and they kind of live there for an extended period of time. It might be like a day, it might be like two months. It was never like permanent storage, but the yachts would kind of be there while... The, the crew was doing something or, you know, while the guests were maybe on holiday there or whatever it might be. And you could just walk up and down all of the, the jetties and you could literally just have conversations with people who are there say, hey, my name's Jake. I'm from Australia. I have no experience, but I'm willing to work on your yacht for as long as it takes to get a job. I'm going to do it for free and you can judge me on my performance sort of thing. And that's how you get into the industry. That was the that was actually the detailed way to get into it. And there were these other ways of doing it. You could work on like cruise ships and shit, but then it's a completely different story. You're getting paid absolute garbage and the job is fucking hard. Like there's not that this job that super yachting isn't ridiculously hard, but the reality was if you if you were good at it and if you got it under your belt, you could see beautiful parts of the world. You can make stupid amounts of money. You could live on this absolutely beautiful yacht and you're going to walk away with an epic experience, which obviously this lady in the salvos had done, right? So I was like, cool, cool. You know, she ran me through everything. She's saying, look, we'll take your money. We'll teach you the course. We'll do all this shit. She goes, but I'm going to be honest with you. You got too many tattoos. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, you got too many tattoos. So at this point, just to give you an idea, I had this entire sleeve down to there. I didn't have my hand done. So that was nice and clean. I didn't have any of this arm done. I had this tattoo on the side of my head. I had this fucking tattoo on the back of my neck. I had all of my back done and I had some bullshit on my left leg and both of my feet done, right? Oh, and anchors on the back of both of my ankles. But other than that, I had none of the, you know, my, you know, my left leg is pretty much not entirely done, but mostly done. But I had none of the top half done. I just had some bullshit on the bottom half. And she goes, look, you're going to be wearing t-shirts and shorts and no shoes year round. And very much so. It's not that they're not, they're not discriminating because you have tattoos, but they want their deck hands and their, their their stews to be not not like uh, uh what's the word? They just want them all to be clean skin. You know what I mean? They don't want any crazy color hairs. They don't want any missing teeth. They don't want anything too distinguishable. They just want 
people, right? They just want people that look like people. They don't want people that look altered or anything. I said, really? So what are my chances of this happening? She goes, look, if you want to follow it to the nth degree, you could make it happen, okay? The chances of it working for you and you getting the job that you think you're going to get is probably a thousand to one. And I was like, okay, cool. It is what it is. When you get tattoos when you're 18 years old, or for me it was 16 or 17, whatever the bullshit was, you understand the first thing they say, like, look, this is probably going to be something that you're going to regret later on. You know, it's kind of like when you get a vasectomy, they say, hey, you got to pretend like this isn't reversible. You have to pretend like this is the final decision you're ever going to make. You're never having kids pass this because even though the the probability, the likelihood of you being able to reverse this and everything is successful is good, the reality is that there is still a potential that it's not going to happen for you. So that same thing with tattoos. Like I've been making decisions that have cut me out of decisions that I can make later on in my life, seemingly my entire fucking life. So when I got these tattoos, I was like, what, do I think I'm going to run for the fucking prime minister of Australia? Do I think I'm going to be a doctor? I'm probably going to grow up to be a porn star. And as it turns out, it was kind of right, you know? But when she told me that, it was heartbreaking. It was also relieving. I mean, the, the, the honest part about setting these unrealistic, super bullshit goals is kind of like you get you get so emotionally attached to big goals that obviously it breaks your heart when you realize that they're unachievable. But it's also just like, oh, well, I was aiming for the fucking moon, dude. So I'm sure I was going to get sore legs on the way there. So this is kind of a relief that I don't have to do that. Now I don't have to figure out a way to sell my business, come back to Sydney, get this training, go back to Bunbury, organize all of my shit so that I don't own anything anymore. Go somewhere overseas that I've never been before. Uh, like understand and be comfortable in that environment and then figure out how to get a job on this boat. And like, even then the first boat that you go on isn't going to be the one that you end up on. It's probably not going to be the one that you spend even heaps of time on, but it's like all of these, all of this unknown. So I was like, ah, oh, ah, oh, okay, cool. Good. All good. I'll forget about that idea. I'll keep doing what I'm doing and I'll do well at it. And then let's fast forward. Fucking what? I'm going to say five, six, seven years later. And now Larissa watches every episode of every season, which there are fucking dozens of, of a show called Below Deck. And you're probably thinking, hey, Jake, what's a Below Deck? Well, Below Deck is a reality TV show that follows the live the lives of crew members who live in a super yacht that have a rotational door of fucking, you know, like celebrities and rich people that stay on the super yacht for like three, four, five, six nights at a time. So I'm literally watching people like down to how much money they make in their tips, like, you know, which can be from 800 to like 3000 euros at a time. You're watching everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, the relationships, the fallouts, the beautiful moments, the terrible moments, the character defining moments, everything on this TV show all the time thinking I literally visualized this sort of lifestyle for me around the age that these people are living, doing the things that they're doing years ago and I, the only reason that I can't do that is because I elected to look like the fucking sickest cunt ever by getting the tattoos that I got. Now, was it worth it? Absolutely. Dude, I'm fucking, I'm not mad about it. It's just one of those, like, that is just the one time that I had some sort of regret within me for making this decision earlier that stopped me from doing the thing that I want to later on, which is what I'm talking about right now. And... Going back to the whole thing of like, you know, I posted some bizarre shit on Instagram, um, you know, while I was doing the whole Tucker thing. And obviously I had my OnlyFans page. I posted some bizarre shit on there as well. Um, 
there are pictures and videos of me on the internet absolutely throttled on your choice of recreational narcotics. I'm not going to get too far into that because obviously this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and nothing that I say is true. I'm making this all up as I go. But there is enough out there that I probably can't have any sort of professional career that you know would entail me not having dipped my my toe into the you know wrong side of the law lifestyle sort of thing right and look i'm not i'm not advocating i'm not promoting that sort of lifestyle at all but the one thing that i'm that becomes clearer to me the longer that i spend on the internet and the longer i spend as an adult living a human life is if you're posting the things that you're doing that you enjoy doing it really doesn't matter what it is. It's not going to hold you back from doing anything in the future because as long as that thing is an integral part of who you are, it's probably only going to propagate and get you closer to the thing that you want to become or be, right? And the thing I found the most scrolling back through all of those early photos and shit of me on Facebook, do you know what the most interesting ones are? Are the ones of me jumping on that skate ramp on those skates. It's me riding the first Harley and looking like an absolute dork with a small fucking ear to ear. It's me doing shit with my mates, going out and having an absolute flog of a time. And now I'm building an entire fucking business around it. It didn't hold me back. It just added to my story. And look, I don't understand right now how Tucker is going to help me or how these pictures of me half naked or fully naked on the internet are ever going to help me. But the thing is, I didn't understand five years ago how posting pictures of me doing burnouts on my Harley was going to help me then. Now I've just got a cool clapback video to show. You know what I mean? So this is the thing. I think the thing that comes, when it comes down to posting on the internet is that you've just got to be fearless and post whatever the fuck you want to post and not for the outcome of finding out the, the validation or whether people agree with you or whether people like you or what you're doing. Just post it because you like doing it. Just post it so that later on when you look back on it, you can go like, look at me fucking sending it when I was 29 years old. And I mean, surely this is exactly what I'm doing with these podcasts. I, I feel like I peel off another layer every time that I do these podcasts. I become more vulnerable. Is this the podcast that I said something where it's all going to be taken away from me later on? Absolutely not. I think this only builds to the story that is one day going to be something that I can fucking, I don't know what it's going to turn into. Maybe, you know, does this whole experience turn into a book one day? Does this whole thing of building black ink and the side part of that, having a podcast where I build all these skills of being able to talk on camera by myself about no particular topic in in particular, does that then turn into something else? Do I end up on some sort of internet show? Do I end up in the metaverse entertaining for people? I don't know. But all I know is this organic, genuine posting. If you're doing it right, it does lead to something. So instead of reading out all of my old Facebook posts and, and discussing how I feel about them, all that happened this morning is I end up looking at all of them and getting super fucking emotional. And if I'm completely honest, I was confused. I had no idea. I was trying to figure out what the fucking point of it was. What was I trying to get out of it? What was I trying to learn about myself? What was I trying to communicate with other people? I still don't have an answer. But something interesting to talk about, isn't it? Anyway, do me a favor. Be good to your mom. Go and like and subscribe to all of my shit. And, uh, oh yeah, keep your eyes peeled for the new trademark tee because that gets released on Monday, the 29th of November because motherfucker, I am out. Eeyoo!